We begin today's shiur six lines from the top of Daf Pei Aleph. We must inform you that we are in the middle of a sugya that we started at the end of our last shiur. Before we begin the actual Gemara text, we have a topic heading on the side we call also Hemshech, a continuation. As we just said, we're in the middle of a discussion. And also the Mivneh, the structural note, is combined into one with the topic. Triangles appear, and as you scan down the page, you'll notice the triangles appear in alternating directions. So this is a ma'akav, an attempt to keep track of the give-and-take style of the Gemara. The point facing up indicates kushios, shell rava, questions that rava presents, lama yavam eno yachol litoin, why can the, why can the yavam not um, claim after we have started a discussion that when a shomeres yavam dies, so the sources indicated that the Yavam, the surviving brother of, um, or her surviving brother-in-law, is expected to bury her. That's his responsibility. So why is it that he cannot, Litoin, why can he not counterclaim, Ach ani Yoresh, I inherit my brother, Avol Ishto, Ein ani Kovra. But as far as his wife, I'm not obligated to bury her. So why can't he say that? Why do we give the impression, and, and it, we read in the source, uh, four lines from the top, Yorsheho Yorshek Subasa, the one who inherits the Ksuba that was due to be paid to her, who inherits that? Well, the Yavam is the one that inherits that, and it said, and that gives us the impression that because he is getting the Ksuba, because he is inheriting that money, so he has to bury her. So the Gemara continues on the sixth line from the top. Omar Rava, Valema, let the Yavam claim, Ach Ani Yoresh, I inherit my brother, the Ksuba that the source says that I inherit, I'm inheriting it through my brother. I'm not inheriting uh, the Yavama that would then in exchange for my inheriting her so I could see that I'd be obligated to bury her. I'm not, I'm not inheriting her. The, uh, a woman, when she comes into the marriage, she brings in what we call a nidunya, dowry, properties from her father's house. When the Shemeris Yavam dies, the properties that she had brought into her marriage... I don't inherit those. So the ksuba, the the money that the my brother had owed to the wife that just died, well, that's my brother's money. I'm inheriting him. It wasn't paid to her. The Gemara. Uh, so so he's saying again. Ach ani ishto I'm not going to bury her. Omar le abaye. So Abaye says to Rava, Mishum deboyin alav mishnei tzdodin. The reason that this Yovam is bound to bury her is because we have a claim against him from two sides. And the uh, Gemara spells it out. Im ochiv yoresh. If you're uh, inheriting the brother, then yikbor es yishto. Then you should bury the wife of your brother. In other words, just as he would have buried her had she died before him. And Rashi adds, even if she had not brought anything into the marriage. It was implied just before, and we tried to, con- we tried to convey this in our explanation, that the brother's claiming, listen, <clears throat> I'm not getting anything from you. Whatever you brought into my brother's marriage your family is going to inherit that. The woman's family, not me. So Abaye points out, listen, if you're inheriting your brother, just like your brother, had he been alive, would have had to bury her, even if she brought him nothing, so to you. Im eno kover es ishto, and if you refuse to bury her, 
then yitain ksubasa, then pay the ksuba. In other words, you, you have to lay out the ksuba money. Obviously, you're not going to pay to the dead, but you would lay out that, that money that you claim to be inheriting the ksuba money. Let that cover the burial costs. Omar lay. So Rava says back, Hachi koamina. This is what I was saying. Ach ani yoresh. The ksuba I'm inheriting through him. Es ishto ein ani kover. And I'm not going to bury the wife. The mishum ksuba. And if you're going to advance the this argument about the ksuba that I would, I'd have to pay her the ksuba. Lo nitno ksuba ligvois mechayim. The ksuba money is not something that is paid during the lifetime of one's husband. A husband, while he's alive, doesn't pay the ksuba. And I am in, I stand in the husband's stead. I am instead. I am the Yavam. I am supposed to be marrying. I, I am supposed to have been marrying her. She died, so I can't marry her. But I'm still alive. So with this phrase in mind, we would be removing the ksuba from the picture. That lo nitno ksuba ligvos mechaim. That ksuba to suggest that I should pay out the ksuba to to for, to the welfare of the woman. But ksubas are not paid when husbands or husbands' replacements are still alive. Well, we respond to that. In other words, up till this point, then, there seems to be a, a claim that the Yovim can make that he doesn't have to bury her. We need an answer to that. So, there has, Gemara has a long response. Man shamis lei de'islei medrish ksuba. Before we go further in the Gemara, let's glance at the side. We have a top, no, say, a subtopic heading. It reads, Birur a, an analysis, clarification, im nitno ksuba ligvois liisha mechaim shelbal or the yavam. Can a ksuba be expected to be paid uh, to the uh, to the woman when the husband or the yavam are still alive? Uh, of course, we're not talking about a divorce situation. We're talking about an almona situation. The im nitan ligvois, if it were possible to be collected during the lifetime. Then we would be able to uh, obligate the Yavam to either bury her or pay the Ksuba. So now, the Gemara. We read again the inverted triangle. Man Shamis Lei, the Islay Medrish Ksuba. Which uh, Tanaic authority has been uh, has been known to derive laws to um, focus on the translation of the text of the Ksuba in a in a very um, we'll say legal fashion. Rashi says, "Man Ksuba that darshans that uh, expounds upon the language of the Ksuba Shikosuvbo. It says in the following." When you marry someone else, um, based on sugis we've learned earlier in the Masifta, we might say when you get ready to marry someone else, then take the ksuba money. From this phrase, one could learn, the ksuba can't be collected while the husband is still alive because at that point she can't marry someone else. She's married to her husband. So the Gemara puts us to the challenge to figure out who's the, who is the Tana that darshins ksuba. So the Gemara continues, Beis Shammai. That's the approach Beis Shammai takes. And Rashi gives the background for that. We continue in the Gemara, Vishamina Luhula Beishamai, and we happen to know the opinion of Beishamai, the Amrishtara Oime Ligvois Kigavui Domi. Another important concept. A star, a contract or a document, a, a bill of debt that is destined to be 
used as an instrument of collection. So it's it's standing to be used as an instrument of collection. It's considered as if the money has already been collected. The simplest case would be a malven alove, the uh, man loaned money, he laid out money, he lent money to a borrower, and the borrower wrote a star to the malve. The malve holds a bill of collection. Now he does he hasn't collected the money yet. But according to this principle, since he has a star entitling him to collect, it's as if he collected. Where else do we see this? This non. We see in the following source. Now, this source uh, deals with the topic of Sota. The Sota is a woman, a married woman, who is sus- suspected of of uh, immorality, of having conducted intimacy with, uh, as a married woman, with another man. In the uh, time of the Beis Hamikdash, she would be brought to the Beis Hamikdash and subjected to a uh, what's called a ritual involving the drinking of water, a special water in the Beis Hamikdash that would reveal whether she's innocent or guilty. There's a whole Masechta dedicated to the topic of Sota, but for our purposes, I think that's enough. So, what happens if you have a woman that's suspected of foul play? Her husband is the one that's supposed to bring her to the Beis Hamikdash for the drinking of that water. And, of course, if she's guilty, so she doesn't get a Ksuba. She's a villainous... Um, sinning woman that loses her ksuba rights. If she's innocent, so of course she does get it. But what happens if the husband dies before they ever get to the Beis Hamikdash? So, the husband is the one that's supposed to bring her there for the drinking purposes. He he gives her to drink, so to speak. What happens if he dies and she's left in limbo, not being subjected to the uh, to the test now she's a widow does she get her ksuba so the source says May shasu. the husbands of suspected women the sota women die before they ever drink omrim now we dashed underline beishamai because he's the focus of our attention we skip the bracketed section the text inside isn't accurate since they don't drink so they can't, they don't get the ksuba uh, let's go over the bracketed section even though it's uh, it's uh, within Beis Hilla, which is not the focus of our discussion right now but reading again Beis Hilla Omrim Either they drink or they forfeit their rights to the ksuba. So the Gemara asks, "So Shosos, how can this woman be given to drink?" The pasuk says that the husband brings his wife, wife to the kohen in the base of Migdosh, and and then she drinks, and that is that is lacking. You don't have the hevi ha'ish aspect. The husband bringing, he's dead. Elo, rather, Beis Hillel says, shosos, lo not los ksuba. Since they don't drink, they don't have a right to the ksuba. But again, we're focusing on Beis And now the Gemara continues, Beis oimrim, not los ksuba shosos. They're entitled to the ksuba. Ve'amai, why should they be entitled to the ksuba? Sfeikahu. Sofeik zanoi, sofeik lo zanoi. You're dealing with a sofeik, with a doubt. Maybe she was immoral, and maybe not. The Kaosi Suffolk, and through their ruling of paying her the Ksuba, you're allowing the Suffolk that that she's innocent, and taking out money which is definitely held by the Yorshe Habal. They are, we'll call, definite heirs. As far as who is to hold the money. The woman or the heirs? Well, the heirs are certain heirs. They're vadai. The woman, does she have the money coming to her or not? Well, I don't know. She never drank. She's uh, that we, she's left in, in a state of Suffolk. So how can that be? How can, a, how can something that is a mere doubt overpower that which has certainty? 
Kosavri be Shamai. Well, it's because you're not dealing with a suffix being motzi. And the key word here is motzi. Motzi means to to remove or take away from, to extricate. You're not dealing with a, with a suffix overpowering by allowing the suffix to take away the money from the heirs. Because why? Because savri shamai shtara oimed ligvois kegavui dummy. A star, in this case the Ksuba, the Ksuba document that a woman has that guarantees her financial, we'll say financial welfare uh, upon uh, her becoming a widow, she's holding on to that star. She has a Ksuba. She received that when she got married. So that she is the um, considered, she's considered as if she collected it already. Oh, so the so the Yavama, in this case, we go back to our topic. The Yavama is therefore considered already in possession of the Ksuba. So the Yavam who claims that he's inheriting the Ksuba is then inheriting it from her, not from the brother, and therefore he should be if he's if he's laying claim to the Ksuba, then he should definitely have to bury her. Because he's receiving that Ksuba through her, through the Yavoma. The Gemara asks, but what about the language of the Ksuba that we mentioned before? Once you're saying that uh, we're, let's say, dealing with Shitas uh, Beishamai, and therefore the the Yavam is considered a, an inheriting her by claiming that uh, Ksuba, that, that in response to our original question of lo nitno Ksuba likvos mechayim, that was based on darshaning the language of the Ksuba. So in response to that, you said, well, it's, it's a, she's considered already having collected it because of but what about the language of the Ksuba that you didn't address the fact is is that in the in the Ksuba it says when you marry someone else you can then collect the Ksuba and that is not the case because when as long as either the husband or the Yovam is alive the Yovam is like the husband being alive so the Ksuba cannot be collected by her. The Gemara says, Omaravashi Yovam Nami Keachir Domi. The language of the Ksubo was when you get married to someone else. The Yovam is like someone else. In other words, it was a, a, a mistaken notion to view the Yovam as a continuation of the brother, of the deceased brother. The Rashi on the toward the end of the narrow lines Yovam Nami Kachir Domi Vekevon Shetirosa Misa Sabali Nosli Yovam since the death of the husband enables her would have enabled her to marry the Yovam My Oisa Shah Zochsabin Nechosim from that moment she receives the Ksuba the Nechosim the properties the Ksuba because from that point she was called Tinosi Liacher as the language suggests as the language of the Ksuba suggests we continue in the Gemara Sholach Lei Rava Le'abaye Biyad Rav Shmaya Bar Zera well Rava who started off the whole you know the whole series of questions here he continues and Rashi points out a structural note that Sholach Lei Rav Labai Rashi on the last narrow line Li Acher Shehashivo Al Shal Sheilos Vam Renitno Ksuba Ksubas Yevama Ligvois Mechayim Shayavam After Abaye answered him answered Rava that the uh, the Ksuba of a Yevama is something she could have been viewed as having collected while the Yavam was still alive so Rava continues with a question. Umi nitno, we're back in the Gemara text. Umi nitno ksuba likvos mechaim. Is that really so? Vahatanya. We have a question. You'll notice that this is a long question. So he says, just in terms of the, uh, I don't know, the, call it the facts. 
can you really say that the Ksuba of a Yavoma is something that she could be viewed as having collected? Now, when uh, this isn't, I want to just say something that we've learned in the past, and that is the the uh, Ksuba due to a woman is backed up, is supported, is guaranteed by the properties that the husband owns. And as long as the ksuba, as, the, as a couple is married, as the ksuba hasn't been paid, so the, the properties uh, cannot be sold. Um, certainly in the case of a yavam and yavama, that's going to be true. We're going to see more about this later. I don't want to get too uh, burdened with details so as uh, not to becloud the Gemara. But the basic question is, as uh, reading in the Gemara now, can the Ksuba of a Yavama be viewed as, as ha- her having already collected it? I asked Sumchus, the uh, name of a Tana, a Yavam that wants to sell properties that he inherited from his brother after he did Yibum, after he marries her. Uh, it's a well-known Torah law that after the Yavam marries the Yavama, uh, the estate of the deceased brother becomes his, becomes the Yavams. So a Yavam that wants to sell some of the properties that he inherited from his brother, Ketzadu and what's what is restrictive here is that is that the ksuba due to the Yavama is backed up by all of the brother's properties. So just to say to the Yavam, well, do whatever you like. He can't do whatever he likes because those properties are bound to the Yavama, to his wife. So what should he do? In Kayenhu if the Yavam is a Kayin, and the laws of Kahuna state that a Kayin who divorces his wife, he cannot take her back. So if he's a Kayin, the uh, idea of divorcing her and then uh, paying the Ksuba and then uh, taking back and then doing whatever he wants with the properties, that's not in the cards here. If he's a Kayin, he should make a, a meal and a big meal in honor of his wife, uh, Rashi says to to lefatosa means to seduce her in other words to convince her b'mishtehayayin with a with a feast of wine, and during that time he will appease her and convince her to give him permission to sell any properties that are above the value of the ksuba. We said that the properties guarantee the ksuba. If the ksuba is worth $200 and the properties they inherited are worth $1,000, so he's asking the wife to allow him to sell $800 worth of the properties, there will remain $200 that will back up the ksuba that, uh, that she has. So that's Yephias. Let him appease her uh, to allow him to do that type of sale. Im, the, the source goes on Im Yisrael, who, if the Yavam was a non-Kohen and he had married the woman and this Yisrael husband wants to sell properties that he inherited from his brother who, if he's Yisrael then Megaresh beget Fiachsir he should divorce her at the point that he divorces her so that is the time at which he would pay her the Ksuba and once he pays the ksuba, the rest of the brother's properties are his for doing whatever whatever he wants. And then whatever after he sells whatever he wants, Vyaksir, and then he could take her back. And then he takes her back. We continue at the top of Omid Base. The E Salka Daitin, if it were so, that Nitnok Suba Mechayim, that it's it's possible to have a ksuba paid during the lifetime of the Yavam. Niyached law shiur ksuba. Let him earmark, delineate uh, a certain amount of property that corresponds to her ksuba. Vashar Lisbon and let him sell the rest. So that as far as the woman being cared for ksuba wise, if it's something that she could be viewed as having collected during his lifetime, let him just do this. And yet, the source does not offer that suggestion. 
So what do we see from here? We see that the, the ksuba is not something that can be viewed as being paid off during the lifetime of the Yavam. And since it's not paid off, it's not, the Ksuba doesn't go to her. So as we said at the beginning of the Sugya, therefore, uh, the, the Yavam in his claim, I don't want to bury her and the Ksuba is something I'm not getting from her anyway, seems to be true. Because she never gets it. She doesn't get it in the lifetime of the Yavam. This, this is uh, uh, what we'll call Rova's question to Abaye. Abaye says back, according to you, that you're trying to, to uh, uh, I don't know, make your point from this Brysa, why don't you try to make your point from the Mishnah itself, that the Ksuba is not the Mishnah said, and we learned this, Lo Yomar law, the Yavim should not say to the Yavim, here's your Ksuba, it's on the table, the value, it's, it, here's some money, some, some gold, or whatever, it's on the table, and that's your Ksuba payment. He's not allowed to do that. Rather, all of his property remains bound to the Ksuba. So uh, if you want to, so Abaye is saying to Rav, if you want to make your point, why didn't you make your point from the Mishnah? So Rav says back, I'll tell you why I didn't make my point from the Mishnah. This is a, this is a long response, at the end of which, the, my question, says Rav, my question will remain. Like if you're, if you're trying to challenge my question by my poor choice and sources, that uh, why didn't I ask, the, why didn't I make the point from the Mishnah? I'll tell you why I didn't make the point from the Mishnah. The Mishnah, when it said that a man shouldn't put on the table the, the Ksuba money, uh, that's just a, a piece of good advice. And we'll get back to that in a minute. But let's skip the bracketed section for a moment. The, the Mishnah represented simply good advice, not real law. Not binding law, even though advice is, is, is important also, but it's not binding law. But what Rabbi Abba taught, that's binding law. And from Rabbi Abba's, that was the source at the bottom of Ahmed Aleph, and in that source, it was clear that lo nitna ksuba lidvais mechayim. She is not said to have collected the ksuba. So that you, so Rava is, is, is emphasizing that the ksuba doesn't really go to her. The uh, Abaye answers to Rabbi Abba Nami, Lo Kashia. Rabbi Abba doesn't really show me that by letter of the law that Aksuba cannot be considered collected by her during her lifetime, because Rabbi Abba's teaching is Mishum Eva. It's also just a piece of good advice so as not to create strife in a family. But technically speaking, uh, if he wanted to, he, he could have in fact. Uh, paid the ksuba to her during his lifetime and in, in terms of halacha we will view it as if she had collected the ksuba and therefore uh, the yavam the in effect is if he is laying claim to the ksuba money he's in effect inheriting from her and since he's inheriting from her he has to bury her and if if he doesn't want to bury her, then the Ksuba money should be paid out for her burial. We skip the section of Gemara that is here to show that the, the Mishnah, when it said that a person should not say, uh, uh, Yavam shouldn't say to the Yavam that uh, here's your money uh, for the Ksuba on the table, or he shouldn't do that, that's a, just a piece of good advice. And Rashi, uh, Rashi says on the upper part of the narrow lines, Rashi says, Eitzah Teva, the, it's good advice, Shemo Yovdo Metatalin, the uh, portables, the articles that he designated to her Ksuba that he would have put on the table might get lost, Venimseis below Ksuba, and then she's, lo- then she's left without Ksuba, Vitzach Lichta Ksuba Acheres. Then he'll have to write up another Ksuba. person is not allowed to remain married to his wife without her having a Ksuba. The uh, Gemara. Let's go back to the Gemara text. Uh, Rava said, "Listen, don't expect me to have tried to make the point that lo nitna ksuba ligvais mechayim from the Mishnah because the Mishnah was merely good counsel." The e lo teimahochi. We're reading in the bracketed section, 
six lines from the top of the Omid, if you because if you're not going to say that, that the Mishnah is uh, simply good counsel, say for the Katani. The end of the Mishnah says as follows, A man should not say to his wife, in the same Mishnah, it says, with a regular married couple, not a Yovam case, but a regular husband and wife, a man should not say to his wife, the money that uh, is owed to you in your ksuba, here it is. It's here on the table. And consider it, consider deal done. I don't owe you anything anymore. He shouldn't do that. Rather, all of a man's properties are bound to the ksuba. And he, and, and, and he doesn't earmark specific articles for her ksuba. Now, regarding the husband and wife, if a man, a husband, would want to sell his own properties, his hard-owned properties. All husbands of the world are not allowed to sell any of their properties. That's not true. Of course they're allowed to sell their properties. The Mishnah that said that he shouldn't earmark money or articles for her ksuba, thereby freeing him to sell whatever he wants, is simply a piece of good advice. As we saw in Rashi, because if the articles that you earmark might get lost, and they'll have to write up a new ksuba. So, hachanami, so too in the case of the Avam, the, uh, the teaching concerning the, the Avam uh, was also a piece of good counsel. Ella de Rabbi Abba, Kashia. But from Rabbi Abba, the case wasn't dealing with simple good counsel. It was telling me, black on white, a man who wants to sell his uh, brother's properties, the, in other words, the Yavam who wants to sell his brother's properties, the, the only option he has is what was stated there. And, and not to simply uh, put something, uh, put some articles and designate some articles or portables as the ksuba. So what do we see? That the ksuba cannot be paid off, it's not, be, it's not viewed as paid off by the Yavam in his lifetime. So uh, finally, um, Abaye says back, the, the Rabbi Abba source is also a piece of good counsel. And Mishum Eva. What is what is what's the point? Here you have a um, a Yavam Yavama couple. They're married, and hopefully uh, you know, reasonable, reasonably good marriage. When a woman in his in this case the Yavama, which is his wife, sees him designating designating articles for payment of her ksuba and putting on on the table uh, saying to her, "These are this is your ksuba that." shows her that he's considering divorcing her. That shows her that he doesn't like her. That will create enmity in um, between the two. And therefore, it's good advice not to do that. However, technically speaking, the ksuba is something that could uh, be paid off by the yavam in his lifetime, and as far as the language of concern of Tinasi Liacher, the Yavam is an Acher. So, it's something that could be viewed as having been paid off to her. And as a result of that, we can tell the Yavam, either you bury her, or you lay out the Ksuba. Uh, lay out the Ksuba money, of course, that is for her, which would be used for her burial. So at this point then, we've come to the end of that particular give and take. The question had been uh, on that which we learned in our previous year that the Yavam is the one who's obligated to bury the Yavama that died while waiting to do Yibum. It's the Yavam's obligation. And what we d- discussed up till now in our shear is that the Yavam has no option of saying, listen, I am here merely an, an heir of my brother. I don't have to bury his wife. We tell him, if you don't want to bury his wife, then you had better uh, part with the ksuba, because the ksuba is something that was was due to her, something that you should have paid her. The Gomorrah continues, before going on, I say you should have paid her, meaning it's money that that was due to her. If you know, if you're not going to bury her, then it, then at least that should be 
given to her. And as far as uh, any claim, and just we're repeating ourselves, but as far as any claim that a Yavam in his lifetime doesn't pay out the Ksuba, that claim we already answered. On the side of the Gemara, we have a Mivne, structural note, because we're going to encounter now a bow tie marking. There are two bow ties that will appear uh, under this particular structural note. The second one uh, will Mirzashem be part of a uh, subsequent Shior, because it's found on Daf, Pei, Beis, Amad Aleph, eight lines from the top. The uh, bow tie highlights Shnei Maisim, I'm reading on the side, Shnei Maisim B'Yavam, Shemrotsu Ochiv, or Echov, Leposlo, Miliabem Hayavoma. The two incidents in which we see a um, concerning a Yavam. Now, as we said earlier, a Yavam inherits his brother's properties. Just for the sake of illustration, imagine a the brother was an um, was a, a fantastically wealthy individual, and uh, how and he left a couple brothers. With just for the sake of illustration, we'll say there's the Yavam and there's uh, one or two other brothers. You can just imagine if Yibum would not be done. The brother's estate would be inherited equally, by, would be split and shared by all of the surviving brothers. When, when one brother does Yibum, when he marries the widow, and in this case he'd be marrying the widow of a fantastically wealthy mogul, he alone is going to get all of the money. <clears throat> so you can imagine how, let's say, um, disappointed the other brothers uh, would be. So... Um, there are we'll call rabbinic instruments that are capable of preventing yibum to take place by one of the brothers. Generally speaking, in yibum, the uh, the oldest of the surviving brothers is the one that's expected to yibum, even though that that's not a binding uh, aspect of law. It's not ma'akev. Nevertheless. If we just use that for, again, in our illustration, the halacha would recognize that if one of the other brothers would give the Yavama a divorce document, a get, even though a get given to a Yavama isn't a real divorce document, nevertheless, on a rabbinic level, it, 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 it amounts to the stopping of any Yibum from taking place. And if Yibum doesn't take place, so then the brothers' properties would be, uh, would be shared equally by all of them. Now, in our story, we have a Yavam that really wants, or it appears that he really wants to do Yibum. And he's, he'll, he'll feel threatened uh, by the brothers threatening to thwart the Yibum attempts. The Gemara. Hahu Gavra. There was a man. This man had a brother who had lived in Pumbadisa. He died without children. And a Yavama emerged in Pumbadisa. In other words, his wife, the widow, was left living in Pumbadisa. The other brothers wanted to... Mifsalah means to render her unfit for Yibum by throwing her a get, a divorce document. And a Yivama that receives a divorce document then becomes forbidden to all of the brothers. Omar Lay, so the Hahu Gavra, the fellow in the bow tie, appropriately so maybe, that fellow will call him the, the eldest brother. He says, My Daitech, what is your intent? Why, why do you want to stop me from doing evil? Because you want to get a part of the estate of, the, of our deceased brother. I'll give you your share of the Nechosim anyway, as if I wouldn't do Yibom. Just let me do Yibom. I really, and this is how he presents himself to the brother, he says, I really, I really want to do Yibom. I really want to do this mitzvah. Don't stop me. And as far as the, your feeling of being deprived from a portion of the properties, I'll give each one of you a portion as if I wouldn't be doing the Yibom. That sounds very uh, generous on his part. We have a, a marking 
that is explained on the side where if we continue this discussion under the Nosei Mivne heading, we have a volcano shape. It's featured on the side of the Gemara. We call this a Ma'akav, an attempt to keep track of a give-and-take style Gemara. This give-and-take, you can see just by scanning ahead, uh, is, uh, takes us clear to the uh, next Omid. The trapezoid or volcano shape with the narrow part facing up, Rav Yosef, there is a uh, what we're going to be dealing with is can the Yavam actually do this can he say uh, I'm going to give you all a, a portion of the properties so we're going to have to analyze a, a, a concept and that is things that the Rabbonin said cases concerning which the Rabbonin said do not sell if a person violates that and he does conduct a sale that he was told not to do, lo hoya zvine zvini. The sale is void. That's Rav Yosef's approach. When the when the Rabbonans say not to do something, it's serious. It means don't do it. If you do it, it's not going to take hold. With that in mind, with that concept in mind, and we apply it to our case here, the. Uh, the Yovam's offer here is a, is meaningless. When we see the inverted shape, Abaye Cholik, Abaye argues with Rav Yosef, the Sover, and holds the Im Zovan Zvine Zvine. When a person is told not to sell, and he does sell, the sale will go ahead, will be considered binding. The Gemara now continues. Omar of Yosef. Came from the Omar Rabon Kivan the Omar Rabonon. Low Lisbon. We're dealing here with a uh a Yavam and a Shomeris Yavam, a woman, the Yavama that's waiting for the Yibu marriage. The Rabonon had said, and we learned this just above, that a Yavam is not allowed to sell properties. They are, uh, they are bound to the Avoma. The deceased brother's properties are not to be sold. Those properties are bound to serve as a guarantee, as a backup to the, uh, to, uh, in the Avoma's interest. So the sale or the distribution of Yovam, of, of deceased brother's properties, comes under this heading of things that the Rabbonin said do not sell. And Rav Yosef says, Afagav de Zovin Lo, have a Zvini. And therefore, even if he does sell, the sale is void. Desanyo, mona. A person died, and he left a widow, and left no children, and he left properties worth meo mona, a billion dollars. Even though her ksuba is only $200. So there's a vast estate here, and the ksuba would account for a very small fraction of that estate. Lo Yimkar, the Yavam is not to sell any of his deceased brother's properties. Shekol nechosev achroin all of the deceased uh, deceased estate is bound to the ksuba. So what Rav Yosef is saying that this the offer that the uh, that this brother is making to his his um, siblings is void, has no value. And now Abaye responds. Omar le Abaye, v'chol hecho di Omar abonan lo lisvin afagav de zovin lo have zvine zvine. Is that really so? That wherever the rabbonan say don't sell, therefore even if a person does sell, that the sale is going to be void. V'atnan beishamayomim timkar ubeisilomrim lo timkar. This we saw in the opening mishnah of the perik where. A uh, woman had inherited uh, money, uh, inherited property, and uh, as a, as an arusa, uh, Beis Hillel says uh, Beis Shammai says she's allowed to sell. Beis Hillel says no, 
Elu Beilu Modim, Beisilo agrees with Beishamai, however, Shein Machra Venosna Kayam. Notice we, we dashed underline the main phrases. On the one hand, don't sell, but if a sale took place, the sale stands. So at this point, Abaye is saying in so many words <clears throat> that the offer made by the Yavam above to divide the properties uh, amongst the brothers just as long as they don't try to stop his uh, interest in doing the Yibum sounds like a reasonable offer, something that could be done. As we go on in the Gemara, you're going to see, again, we're continuing our marking scheme. Narrow part facing up supports Rav Yosef. Inverted shape supports Abaye. Sholchua lekame de Rebbe Chanino Bar Popi. Sholcha Kid Rav Yosef. So they, they sent this uh, story of the Yavam uh, having the, uh, the who's, who's, who whose uh, Yevoma uh, um, emerges in Pupadisa. And Rav Hanino says, like Rav Yosef responded, that the offer is, uh, is, is void. Omar Abaye, Otu Rabbi Hanino bar Popi Kifi Tolola. Abaye is not impressed with that. Did Rav Hanino offer any reasons? All he does is, as, as I like what Rav Yosef ruled. Uh, literally translated, did Rav Hanino bar Popi attach uh, jewelry or bracelets to that? Did he adorn the halacha? Did he embellish the halacha? So what? So you have another one that says that way. That doesn't change uh, my feeling. The case was sent to Rav Minyumi. That where a person, even though was told not to sell, but does sell, the sale goes ahead. So too, let the Yavam make the offer, even though he was told not to do that. If he does it, it's good. The E Omar Bo Rav Yosef Taimo Achrino Shalchuli. How how honest this is, meaning that right now I'm ruling like Abaye. If Rav Yosef has some additional svora, some additional reasoning, I'm going to hear it. Nofak Rav Yosef, Dok Viashkach. Rav Yosef went out and he, uh, Dok is to be, is to be medayik, to be careful, scrupulous, to be analytical. And he, he went out and researched and found Desanya, the following source. Hare Shohoya Noisha Be Ochiv. Umes. This case describes two brothers. And again, we'll get to a Yibum situation in this source. There is, uh, we'll say, Ruvain and Shimon. Ruvain had loaned money to Shimon. So Ruvain was trying to collect, at a certain point, cr- trying to collect the debt owed to him by his brother Shimon. Umes and the Malva, the, the lender, Ruvain, died without children. And he left a widow. A widow waiting to do Yibom. And I think that it might be worth our imagining that there are, there are other brothers in this case. So that the Yavam now is uh, a borrower that had owed money, but the one to whom he owed the money died. Loy Yoimar, the Yavam who is technically speaking, obligated to pay the debt. And and we should point out that this money that the Yovam is obligated to pay the brother is money that would have become part of the deceased's estate, which ultimately would have been subject to the guarantee a man owes to his wife's ksuba. Now, the Yovam should not say, Hoyol v'shani yoresh since I am going to be inheriting my deceased brother's estate, I'm going to, by, by, by taking in the wife, by taking in the Avama, I inherit my brother. Hechzakti. I become the owner of the dead as well. And I'm not paying it anymore. I have nothing to pay. The, in other words, the one to whom I owed the money, I now inherited him. Ella. 
motzin miyavam, that money will take away from the yavam, v'yikach bohen karka v'orchel peros. We'll buy a parcel of land, and that parcel of land will become uh, a, a source of guarantee for the woman's uh, ksuba, and uh, the yavam, who's now her husband, he'll benefit from the fruits of that land. Now, you see, we dashed under the line, Elamotzian miyavam. What do we see from here? That the yavam can't do whatever he wants. Omar lay Abaye. Abaye says, almost in character with the sugya before, he says, Dilma de Tavale of Maybe it's an Eitzetoiva. Maybe this source represents a piece of simple good advice. That the that instead of you're just keeping the the money, the, the debt that you owe to him and keeping that cash in your pocket and spending it and and it'll all be gone, buy a piece of land with it and thereby preserve that forever. But not as a as a strict halachic teaching. Omar Lay, Rav Yosef says back, Tona Tony Motsiin. The Tana speaks in very restrictive, very harsh, definitive terms. We take away the debt that he owed the brother. The Amris the Tovale of the land. You're saying it's just a piece of good advice? Not at all. We don't allow him to do whatever he wants with the brother's estate, including in that the debt that was owed to the brother. So. Uh, you see that uh, Rav Yosef's position is still being maintained. This is Rav Yosef's response to Abaye. Hodur Sholchua Kameid Rav Nyumi Breder of Nechumi. Notice we have a long marking. It seems to me that if we look back, we had Rav Nyumi mentioned earlier, and Rav Nyumi had said that if Rav Yosef says something else, let me know about it. So it could be that that's exactly what is referred to over here. They then sent it to Rav Nyumi. Remember, he was the one that wanted to know about any additional uh, Rav Yosef uh, points. And uh, so it was sent back to Rav Nyumi. Omar Lahu, and uh, they said to Rav Nyumi, Hachi Omar Rav Yosef, Bar Nyumi, Omar Rav Nachman. And they told him, uh, I, I should say, let me, let me correct myself. After sending this discussion back to uh, Rav Minyumi, they sent it after uh, Rav Yosef had responded to Abaye. So they sent, as Rav Minyumi had requested, I want to know everything that Rav Yosef has to say. So they sent it to Rav Minyumi. And he, and, and he heard, uh, Rav Minyumi heard that uh, Rav Yosef was arguing from the source that said, Elamotzi and Miyavam, Strengthening Rav Yosef's position. Now, Rav Minyumi, remember, he went like Abaye earlier. So, Omar Lahu, Rav Minyumi says to them, ironically, Omar Lahu, Hochi Omar Rav Yosef, Bar Minyumi, Omar Rav Nachman, let's not uh, confuse the names here, this is a different Rav Yosef, uh, thusly says Rav Yosef, Bar Minyumi, in the name of Rav Nachman, Zu. Eino Mishnah. That source that Rav Yosef was relying on is not a reliable brisa. The word Mishnah is not to be understood as as the word Mishnah as Mishnayis that Rabbi Yudah Hanosi compiled. Mishnah means it's not. In this case, it means this is not a reliable teaching, like the word Vishinantam Levonecha or Shona. Shona is to learn. This is not a reliable brisa. Brises were authored by Ravi, Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Shaya, and their brises were said to be reliable. They, their brises were based on the teachings of Yudan Nasi. However, uh, there are other kinds of brises that, from time to time, you see, are declared as unreliable, non-authoritative. Now. At this point, we basically the the main part of the discussion ends, and that's why uh, we have a 
a bracketed section starting here, continuing till the upper part of Pei Beis Omen Aleph. The reason for these brackets is, as we just said, to indicate that this is the end of the discussion, and hence Rav Minyumi sticks with what he ruled before, like Abaye, and the the, uh, the, the subsequent clay, uh, arguments of Rav Yosef fall away because he was trying to base his position on something that's an unreliable source. Within the bracketed section, which we'll shortly continue with, is simply to prove why the source is unreliable. But if we skip the bracketed section momentarily, use your bracket length indicator, you you come to a point in the Gemara where you see Omar Rava, Im Kain, Hainu Dishamano Le Labaye, the Omar Zu, Eino Mishnah. Now I understand Abaye had claimed that the source was unreliable. Uh, and uh, and I and I hadn't known what he meant and I didn't understand what he meant until now. It's um, it's it's interesting to note that I don't know it, uh, when, when Abaye said that because Abaye's initial reaction to that source had been that the source is simply an eitz toiva. Apparently, um, at some other point, Abaye had said that this that Rova is saying that it's not reliable. But certainly, we saw that information in the name of Rav Nachman, who said Zu Eino Mishnah. Okay, now. Uh, we go into the bracketed section. Before, just before we do that, again, because this kind of suki is very involved, very extensive back and forth. The bottom line is that, and and you can see this by the way, if you um, if you stick with your uh, geometric forms, the the markings, the final marking in this give and take was an inverted um, volcano shape. So that uh, what would what would result then? If you go back to the beginning of this whole passage, the offer that the Yavam had made in the case of the Yavama that felt him in Pupadisa would seem to be a reasonable offer. That listen, don't stop me from doing the Yibum, and if your only concern was getting a share of the property, I'll give it to you anyway. And he could do that. Even though uh, the Rabbonin say that a Yovim should not uh, sell or give away his brother's property because it's all bound to the Ksuba of the Yovama. Nevertheless, if he does it, he does it. Okay, now as we said, we're going into the bracketed section where uh, we have to show how the source in which it's an Elamotzi and Miyovam, that that source is not reliable. So now the Gemara asks, five lines from the bottom of Omid Beis. My time, the double underline is explained under the Mivneh heading. This, these represent Shlavin, stages Lohiach, to prove Lomoha Mokr Shoharei Shoyanoisha Vachule is Eino Mishnah, that that source is simply not reliable. My time, this is the first stage. Because the, the debt. Basically, it's a he owes cash to pay the deceased to have to have paid his brother who now died. But the the uh, issue concerned money. Metatali is something that's portable like cash. And metatali and portables are not bound toward the payment of the ksuba. So it's not bound. So uh, what the source said that we restrict him is is a, is a mistake because on what grounds were we restricting him? Because the properties of the of the deceased belongs is, is bound to the ksuba, but that's not true when it comes to metatalin. So the brother couldn't have been restricted. That's not an argument though. Dilma Rebbe Meir he that source might be in accordance with Rebbe Meir the Omar metatalin mishabdi liksuba that portables. Are bound toward the ksuba payment, and Rashi uh, gives you the background for that. He proves that from from uh, that which we've already learned. We continue in the Gemara. The mishum the Omar law. Maybe the unreliability of that source 
is because the Yavam says, At lav bal dvorim didi at. I have nothing to do with you in so far as the loan. In other words, I didn't borrow the money from you. I borrowed it from my brother. And right now I'm inheriting my brother. You're out of the picture. You have nothing to do with this. And, and therefore, what the source says that we take the we take that uh, the amount of that debt and and designate it toward Herksuba, bind it to Herksuba, it's unreasonable. He doesn't owe her anything. But that's that also is not an argument. We continue at the top of pay base. Dilma Rebinosenhi. Maybe the source is also in accordance with Rebinosan. After having said that the source uh, reflects Rebbe Mayer's opinion with regard to portables, with regard to this aspect, the source is accurate because it conforms to Rebbe Nosson. What is Rebbe Nosson's principle? The Sanya. We'll see that in the source. Rebbe Nosson Oimer. How do we know that if A owes B and B owes C? It's a, a type of domino. Uh, set up. A owes B. Chain reaction here. From A owes B and B owes C. From where do we know that C can go and collect from A? Talmud Lomar. The Pesach says, Without getting into the the, proof, the the actual scriptural proof and how, how to understand it from the words, the main point for us is to understand that the brother, the Yavam that is, the Yavam owed money to the brother, to the one who was deceased. That brother owed potentially money to the wife. So the wife does have a claim. The, the, in this case, the Yavama does have a claim on that money. And if you're going to argue that the money is, is metatalin, so what? We're also learning according to Rabbi Meir. So that if you combine these two we'll call chumras, two stringencies, A, holding like Rabbi Meir, and B, holding like Rabbi Nasan, then you can understand why the... Uh, you can then understand that the source is, is actually quite reliable. So why would the why would Rav Nachman say that the source is not reliable? Stage three, Gimel. Elo loy ashkechontano de machmir trechumri b'ksuba. In order for us to make this ksuba uh, source that deals with the the Yavama and her interest in getting the ksuba, in, in order to deal with, in, in order to make this source reliable, you had to impose, you have to introduce two stringencies. And we don't find two stringencies imposed when it comes to laws of ksuba. Uh, Elo, rather, if you want to talk about stringencies, e karebi mayor, you can choose one or the other, but to say that to introduce both as being the basis for the source, that would be out of bounds. The Rashi on the uh, upper part of the page, the second, third line from the top, Ella, we have a little star there to help you find it. This is the reason, as we said, the two Chumras is that this source is not reliable. I know this Rav Yosef was originally basing his opinion on something that was not reliable. And whoever taught over that source, whoever reported it as a source, was not careful. We don't find any Tanaic authorities that hold that you uh, apply two stringencies when it comes to laws of Ksuba. The idea of Having a ksuba to begin with is a is a rabbinic enactment. And the what are the two chumras? Chada de metatli mishabdi law. One chumra was to to suggest, like Rabbi Meir, that portables are bound to the ksuba. Vachada the gavim ibal chovel shel meis mid Rabbi Nosson, and that the woman, based on Rabbi Nosson's law, has a claim on the. Um, on the uh, the debtor, the one who owed money to the deceased. 
one of these chumras he could have taught, Ikrabi Meir, Ikrabi Nosan Vikivan, the Tanah Trevaya, since he taught both, Lo Kidlome Rabo, Cain. He never received this source as a tradition from his teachers. Ume Elov Shana, and on his own he taught it. Misha Sider Habraisa, Velosam Chinon Alabamidian. We don't rely on it at all. And then, as we saw before, we read again, Omar Rava Im Kain, if this be the case, then Hainu Dishamano Leila Bai Domar Zuena Mishnah. I understand what Abai was saying, that it's not a reliable source. Veloyodana, and I didn't know up till now, Maihi, what he had meant. As you can see, we have a um, another bow tie shape leading us into another story with a Yavam and brothers that want to stop the Yibum. And uh, Mirza Shem will get to that in our next shiur.